But let's head over to the ditch uh, to Australia and catch up with the man that we knew at this time of the week, every week, a very good afternoon, but evening from New Zealand, to Peter Lusted. How are you, Peter? G'day, Craig. Well, thanks. Excellent. Uh, can I ask you first and foremost, uh, the basketball fight, well, I suppose the, you know, the way that it went, um, the penalties, have they come out now or are they about to come out? We're still waiting. It's, uh, it's kind of a strange process, not the sort of thing where I guess the general community of sporting communities, you know, used to chasing up uh, what happens when there's an epic brawl in an international basketball match. So uh, not too versed in how these normally go. What we have is FIBA has uh, announced uh, a disciplinary panel and it's also uh, uh, set charges against players, but it's actually made them confidential so that um, the two you know, national basketball organisations know the charges and they can prepared to defend themselves as lawyers, etc. Uh, but uh, they've made sure that they're confidential at this point. So we're all sort of still in the dark because FIBA's also not set a timeline to, to release its findings and then, uh, you know, then for the public to know and then, etc. We, we get into, you know, them defending them and, and what happens from there. So uh, it's a bit of a, an interest or bizarre scenario, really, and, uh, and, and that will still be to come. But you would think that uh, at this stage, I mean, we had during the match, there was nine players from the Philippines who were uh, you know, ejected from the game and four Australians. So you would think that uh, uh, it's looking that you know, the Philippines, more of their players would be in hot water than the Australians. But you know, it really could be some, some big charges for, for the Boomers as well for, for their role in this. Uh, and look, there will be penalties but there's, for, for what happened on the court. But you've got to look broader at it as well. I mean, there was a couple of Australian players who, behind the ring, if you've seen the vision, uh, there was uh, officials, fans from the, the Philippines around the court who were just literally booting, putting the boot into Aussie guys, two of the Australian players on the ground, throwing chairs at them. So security and this sort of thing has got to be looked at as well, as well as you know, there's so much to talk about with, with what happened with the brawl as well. Uh, exactly. And that's one thing when you look at it, you say charges have been made and penalties could be coming out. I mean, it's a disgraceful incident in the game of basketball. What sort of penalties would you expect would be handed out to, to both players uh, or both teams? Because it's just so ugly. Yeah, and look, I guess you've kind of got to look at it as well as, I mean, they're, they're going to have to be heavy penalties, but in what sort of uh, you know, league does this take part and does it yeah. go into you know, league matches as well? With some of the Australian guys, they had uh, Son Maker, who's likely to be charged. He plays for the Milwaukee Bucks in the NBA. Matthew Delavadova was in the match as well. He's unlikely to be charged. Uh, you would think from, from what happened with the division, the Australian guys mainly who are on the bench in the state to the bench. But uh, you would think that the next international basketball is uh, for I think later uh, in the year when they you know start these World Cup qualifiers uh, again, so it's quite a while till yeah. uh, till we see it again as well. But look, I think you've you've got to look at you know really heavy fines. There's I think you've got to look at it separately. Um, there's clearly um, you know some some charges and suspensions that are going to have to arise from on the court. If you look at uh, it was a pretty uh, scruffy sort of game. There was a bit going on before, but in the incident really started the fight. One of the Filipino players essentially just Chris Goulding twice, one of the boomers guards twice uh, sort of in, in separate occasions a couple of seconds apart and then Daniel Kickett one of the, the boomers just comes up and, and clears, out, clears out that Filipino player with his elbow so I mean there's you know multiple games for, for those two you would think uh, and Kickett's you know been really criticised here and uh, and from what he said is quite ashamed of what he's done but some of the stuff after, I mean, you've got your, your actions that happened on the sporting field or on the sporting court, uh, and you hand out your, your charges for that. But some of the stuff after, that was beyond what happens in sport. 
and beyond sportsmanship. Yeah. And you've got uh, this is the sort of stuff you know in society we're always trying to get rid of when you see these terrible incidents, where, you know, where someone's on the ground defenceless and people just laying the boot in them. It's ten per ten people on one. I mean, that's disgusting. So uh, I would be thinking, you know, really long suspensions then for some of those players, and then they have like to work someone out, like you know who the officials were as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, Peter, who would someone like like FIBA, would they have any jurisdiction over like suspension when it comes to a player in the NBA? Look, that's something that's been sort of discussed, questioned this week. We're still not really exactly sure yeah. if that will be the case. You would think, look, with an NBA season, you have so many games. Um, you're looking at, what, you know, sort of 70, 80 in the regular season. So it's the sort of thing where, uh, you know, that can, I guess, you know, be eroded a lot quicker than, say, an international suspension. You can play, you know, a six-game suspension for international can see you out for a long time. You miss a whole tournament. So it's it's been a sort of process where a lot are trying to learn quickly what happens with FIBA, and uh, and there's still a fair few question marks over this side of the ditch. Uh, uh, but it's definitely been waited upon, um, you know, with bated breath, and, uh, and there'll be a lot of uproar here if there aren't some extremely serious uh, consequences for the Filipino team, and, and also some of the Australians. But, but particularly some of that action behind the ring, um, you know, that was really uh, looked upon poorly over here. Yeah, well, uh, something that um, is happening and a bit of excitement, but maybe not too much in Brisbane. State of Origin 3, I heard a little bit earlier with Kat caught up with uh, Dean Ritchie from the Daily Telegraph. I said the ground's not sold out yet. Yeah, it uh, puts into question all this... Uh you know the, the the Queensland spirit and everything, doesn't it? You think they'd be turning up for sure? This is a this is a one-eyed blue supporter. You know, talking exactly. Hey, I'm with you. But, I'm with you. Uh, yeah, but look, uh, it is a bit surprising. I mean, uh, you know, the Broncos always get good crowds, sort of line, you know, Origin. Yeah. So look, you would think with Billy Slater's last game, they'll have to pack it out eventually, uh, and even just for, for pride's sake for Queensland. I mean, that's uh, not a great look for the the, the state that you know self-confessed lives for origin. So I think they'll probably, you know, hopefully get there in the end for Slater. But there's, um, you know, still a lot to play for. I mean, this Queensland team has been so good for so long. It is nigh unthinkable that they could actually have, you know, the series lost 3-0. And there's a, there's a lot to play for, for for the groups as well. Because if this young blue side can win in Queensland and suddenly they it loses some of the aura, which I'm sure um, a lot of these inexperienced origin players have from, from the New South Wales side. When we look at rugby, um, when you looked at there was an opportunity uh, for Australia to maybe have two teams in the top eight, uh, but the Rebels went and blew that by losing to the Reds. Yeah, and, and, and blew it is the way to describe it too. I mean, what an opportunity. You've got two rounds left. Uh, they essentially needed one win, and uh, now they're going to have to go to uh, you know to Dunedin and play the Highlanders, which is a, a much tougher ask, you would have to say. My uh, team too, Peter. I'll what, just let you know. Uh, oh, OK. There you go. Well, look, and... and it was so disappointing for them because look, they looked dangerous when they had the, the ball in, in the hand, especially in some of their backs. Maddox and um, Hallett Petty looked particularly dangerous. And, and Queensland, due to injury, didn't really have much strike in the back line. So a lot of it was going to come down to, if they were going to win, was going to have to come from the forwards. Uh, and it was just they were so good at scrum time and the Rebels, you know, not adequate up to it. Uh, they just got destroyed there and that's how the Reds won the game. So really disappointing for, um, for the Rebels. If they could have held even in the forwards, it would have been a win and then a historic moment for them to, to get that to get that first ever finals appearance and, and disappointing for Australian rugby too I mean look mm. mathematically obviously uh, the Rebels are clearly still a chance and even the Brumbies are as well there's even a mathematical chance that they could both of them sort of uh, you know somehow if results go out the other way finish seventh and eighth um, and that would be a turn up for the books but um, you know 
it's been an improved season for you know, the Australian Super Rugby teams this year. Of course, um, you know the hoodoo's been broken from the New Zealand teams, and there's uh, you know three Australian teams have beaten Kiwi teams. Now you could even see though with the Brumbies against the Chiefs. You know it's uh, it's been uh, an improved second half of the season. So uh, I'd be really disappointed if there's only that one team you know, in the finals. Uh, although that one team, the Waratahs, is tuning up pretty nicely. It was the Sunwolves they did beat, but they still put 77 points on them. Yeah. So they're uh, warming up nicely for the. Finals. Finals and uh, they'll be against the Brumbies, which is always um, one of the pretty more brutal Australian derbies. A lot of passion in that, so uh, that'll be a good tune-up for the finals. And uh, we just hope that uh, the Rebels or you know miracle on miracle on miracle the Brumbies, we can uh, they can get up and we can have um, uh, two teams in the finals. Uh, you know to reflect what has been a better season this year for, for the Australian teams. Peter, really appreciate your time today. Uh, you enjoy the rest of the day and have a great week. Thanks, Craig. There we go. Peter Lusted and our international correspondence with onenet.co.nz, New Zealand's leader for cloud computing.